We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. which I hope is a positive, Shams. What's the update on him? Yeah, he's been in the willy or won't be traded for the last, I don't know, eight years. He's, this is his eighth <laughs> year with the Pacers. But uh, I'm told uh, him and the Pacers have actually opened up contract extension negotiations. He's eligible for a renegotiation extension up until March 1. Uh, this, the Pacers have $25 million in cap space right now. That gives them the ability to give him a, about $19.1 million on top of his $18 million salary just for this season. So this year he could make up to about $37 million in salary and then obviously drop down over the, over the course of a contract extension. So they're going to try to figure out if they can come up uh, with an agreement that, that allows a deal to get done. There is a level of motivation on both sides to get something done. Uh, I think the Pacers will keep an open mind if, if a potential trade comes comes you know out of the woodworks in the next uh, really month or so. But there is some level of interest. The Pacers are playing competitive basketball in the Eastern Conference. You're seeing Tyrese Halliburton lead this group, and I think Miles Turner. Uh, I, I think he's enjoying playing with Halliburton with Indiana right now this season. So uh, keep an eye on a potential Miles Turner extension. So there you guys have it, Sham Sharania laying down what he's been told or what he's reporting here about Miles Turner and his extension. Fachi, I know we've been talking a lot about how great this team is playing, but now the rumors are seeming to heat up. Let's talk about this. Fachi, this feels like an interesting time to release this information as we're approaching the month of January. It really is because now, I mean, there's a lot of players that are eligible for for trades now, and we've we've crossed that December fifteenth mark, and 
Yeah, Turner has played. This is a career year for Miles Turner. Interesting timing on the news. Felt like it could have been released at any point. But for right now, the the conversation for those that are, are not familiar was that the Pacers entered early extension talks where they could get crafty because they're $25 million below the salary cap. They could offer Miles Turner an additional $19 million this year, which could take his salary up to $37.1 million. I mean, I don't think anybody expected that. Is it a smokescreen? Who knows? But the one key detail in there was that the Pacers have until March 1st to negotiate this extension. However, Alex, when I dug a little bit deeper, the NBA trade deadline is February 9th, which is just about six weeks away. So it's not as much time as you really think. So things could get very interesting, but this is also a great tactic by the Pacers for teams that might think, oh, this guy's definitely hitting free agency. Let's just wait. What are your thoughts on what's behind this news? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, and I'll I'll say this. We heard Jake Fisher, or excuse me, we read about Jake Fisher's report stating that some people don't believe that the Miles Turner stuff is real, that, that they're really close to signing him and that kind of thing, and they're kind of calling the Pacers bluff. Then a week later, Sham Sharania puts this out and says, okay, the Pacers are having serious conversations. Both sides have talked about it. Now, look. This is part of what you're supposed to do. Number one, they should be having these conversations. Miles Turner's 26 years old, playing really good basketball. Probably played the best basketball of his month ever in his career in November. I think he's tailed off a little bit in December. You know, like I always say, Vachi Water finds its level. I think that's what's kind of happened with Turner here in December. It's not been as emphatic as it was in November, but he's still playing well. I'm not denying that at all. I think what's really interesting is, you know, Shams is very adamant that these two are looking to come to an agreement. And that's very possible. They could be. But at the same time, why would the Pacers put that out there? Do the Pacers really put things out there that they want out there? Not really. They don't put this kind of information out there. So to me, it makes sense that they're trying to posture a little bit to get his trade value up, if that is the case. Because if they can re-sign him and find a way to re-sign him, then then great. Find a a reasonable deal. But Miles Turner still has to say, okay, I want this, right? As much as he might love Indiana, despite all the trade rumors and stuff before, the the stands and the haters for him, as much as he loves Indiana and he wants to be here and play with Tyrese Halliburton, because Tyrese Halliburton's a great point guard, until he signs it, we don't have any idea what he's going to do. So the Pacers have to have these conversations, figure out where he's at, where they're at, what they can come to an agreement on, what they can't come to an agreement on. And by February, what'd you say, 9th was the deadline? Yep, February 9th. As as we get closer and closer to that date, you're gonna you're gonna start understanding what tr- direction the Pacers go. Now, if the Pacers hold hold on to them and don't make a trade, then I would expect that uh, renegotiation contract to to be done before that March deadline. But I think right now they're keeping their options open and they're trying to play their cards correctly by putting out there that they're very interested in him because they want to make sure teams pay up to get him if that is what they end up doing in trading him. It's an extremely smart move. One, why wouldn't they have talks with, you know, your, your, the center that's been on the team for seven years, the longest tenured pacer? Like, why wouldn't you? Who's having a, a really good year? That you definitely should. Next, just to your point, 
Of course. I mean, this raises his value because this is a certain loophole over here where the Pacers, that, that's their leverage of basically saying, well, you know, we give him an extra $19 million to, to convince him to sign before the offseason. When you, this is something that you typically don't see done, you don't see players get more money in the year. It, it's it's pretty rare, but it does happen from time to time. And I think that it's a good spot for the Pacers to be in because right now Turner has been healthy. He has played well. I mean, while his numbers have tailed off a bit in, in the month of December, it would those averages would still be a career high of 15 points, 7.3 rebounds, shooting 56%. So there's still a lot to like. And I think that there's a lot of teams that could use his services. So you always want to make it seem like that your player isn't as available as other teams think he may be. And the Pacers front office have done a great job with that, whether it was Karis LeVert saying, no, 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 we want two first round picks for him. And and in the end, they pretty much got that. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens over the next six weeks or so, because we are going to learn a lot. I mean, I would imagine you know, two to four weeks right now, we're going to know that rumors are heating up big time. And it's a good spot for the Pacers to be in because, A, you can get a deal done early, which could potentially reduce, you know, how some of those years are later in the contract by paying them more up front. Or, B, you know, teams need to get a little bit of a sense of urgency that if you're going after Turner, you better start calling quick. Well, that's the thing. I mean, let, let's just put it into this perspective. What if the Pacers really do want to bring him back, Okay. Let's say that they're like 95% sure this is the guy they want to bring back because of how well he's fit. What complications do they have now? Man, I, I'd say you not many. I mean, what, what are you thinking in terms of complications? I, the only complication I'm thinking of is what does Miles want to do? And That's I, and it. That to me is what always gets lost in the shuffle. It's like we can we can hear all these reports that Miles loves being here and Miles is happy to be here. Okay, that's great. And it might be the truth. But I want to hear him say that by signing the contract if it's off. Yeah, I mean, that's everything right there. You know that's what I mean? Really, what it comes down to. Because if the Pacers are like the Pacers have the assets to bring him back, there, there's there's no question about it. They they can do whatever they want up into the March deadline to try to make this thing work. Now, they could they could let it run its course and try it out in free agency and see if they can bring him back that way. I mean, it's not oh. the first time. We that's not the first time we've seen that happen though with people. They let their player walk into free agency and, and try to get them back or whatever. But I just feel like if they really want them back, they've got the ability to do it, especially with all the cap space they have this year. But the reason I don't think that part happens, Fachi, with the whole like giving him the $19 million this year, that takes away pretty much all their optionality and other trades that they would want to do. Yes. So I don't see that happening. I think if they can come to a, a renegotiation type of thing where they find a deal that makes the most sense for both sides, then that could happen. But Overall, I'm not overly concerned about, you know, them giving him 19 extra million this year for the rest of the season, unless they know there are zero trades they have available where they would do something like that. But I just don't see that happening. But it is worth noting that Shams also did say that they're also going to keep an open mind with trades. I mean, he threw that in there casually, even though they're working on an extension. He did throw that in there casually. Of course. And he, and he said that the Lakers and the Raptors are two teams that have shown interest already. So we've talked about it, the Lakers at nauseum, but the Raptors is another team that we both, especially, I feel like I have said it a lot. I think the Raptors make a ton of sense for Miles. 
it, we've talked about it for years that that they've had yeah. that that fit, you know, that that it could work out for Turner over there. And yeah, I I, I looked into it. You want to talk about three point shooting? Two of the worst teams in the NBA when it comes to three point shooting is the Los Angeles Lakers and the Toronto Raptors. They are in the bottom three and threes made, and they're in the bottom five and three point percentage as well as Atlanta Hawks. So those are two teams that, you know, could really be in the need, you know, the market for a Miles Turner. But also we've talked about Toronto needs a change. They need to shuffle some things. They are not working out. They have not been the same since they won the NBA Finals with Kawhi and he left. So they got players that could be available. No, I'm not interested in Gary Trent Jr. But, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are some other players. Or I know they're trying to dangle him out there. It's not any more appealing each time they say it. But there you don't are like players. anybody from Toronto. What are you talking about? I mean, hey, there's a guy. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know who that was. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to say it because you know who I'm talking about. But they got players I'm interested in, but Gary ain't one of them. So Toronto could very well be calling. I do think that Turner does fit the timeline of their players. Turner and Siakam, I think that that's a, that's a real good duo over there. But, you know, it, it remains to be seen. I don't think the Los Angeles Lakers are by any means the end-all, be-all. We actually really haven't even heard it, what the Lakers are going to do. They're in a tough spot right now where, as sad as it is with Anthony Davis going down, it might not make sense to pull off a trade for a guy that's set to enter free agency this year if the Lakers don't feel like they're one piece away from contending for it all. Yeah, the only thing the Lakers have pushing up against them is LeBron James in the post-game press conference, just completely letting them know how unhappy he is <laughs> with the the Lakers front office and their inability to put a really good talented team around him because I mean they played really I mean he played really well against the Mavericks on Christmas Day LeBron did and they had a nice lead going into the third I'm actually good friends with uh with my buddy here who's a big Luka fan and he's like I can't believe we're about to lose to the Lakers on Christmas Day <laughs> and then all of a sudden the third quarter they scored like 50 some points and turned the whole thing around and I'm like that's a Lakers for you. They just they've got guys on their team that really can compete for like two and a half quarters, but they ain't getting any further than that besides LeBron. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a frustrating sequence for him, especially without Anthony Davis. So that could put the pressure on it, but I'm not even focused on the Lakers. I, I just believe at this point the Pacers are gonna see what other options they have available in terms of all their trades and, and not just be so pigeonholed into just the the Lakers one that that's been rumored since the beginning of the uh the offseason. So Looking at the other guy that's been a part of those trade rumors, though, is Buddy Heald. And it appears, according to Shams, that other teams are interested in him as well, Faji, which that, to me, does make quite a bit of sense. It makes a lot of sense because I don't know how many times I, I look at each game and Buddy has at least five made threes. I mean, that man is just – he's a sniper. It's, it's what he is. He is one of the NBA's elite three-point shooters. And I already mentioned those teams, like the Hawks that we've heard in rumors – the Raptors, we've heard rumors. The Lakers, rumors. They all need three-point shooting. And when I think of three-point shooting, I mean, Buddy Heald should be, outside of like a Steph Curry, one of the first names that comes to mind. And I, I do think that while he's been an awesome fit for the Pacers and their style of play of putting up a lot of threes, he is someone that could very well be had for the right price. And, uh, you know, I don't blame the Pacers for perhaps taking calls on Buddy if they are, but also for teams placing calls for Buddy because it makes a lot of sense as he's got one more year left on his contract after this year at a very reasonable near $19 million mark. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's a great point, Fachi. I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, we can't get rid of Buddy. There's no way to get rid of Buddy Healed. I'm I'm understanding of that. I get I, it. I get it. But at what cost are we keeping Buddy Healed and not developing Benedict Matherin? Yes. That's the biggest question. Now, look, some people have said, well, just bring Buddy off the bench. Make Buddy the, the, the go-to scorer off the bench. Start Matherin. Let him play with Halliburton. Look, that sounds great in theory, but you got to remember, part of the reason you like Buddy Hield in the starting lineup is the chemistry that he has with Halliburton. Big time. Number two, Buddy Hield stated he doesn't really like coming off the bench. I know that's tough, right? It's tough love when you have to sacrifice your role, but he's thriving as a starter. He's not done anything to lose his starting spot. He's just going to say, oh, okay, well, we want the Rook to start because we believe he's the future of the team. We're going to move you to the bench. Well, how is he going to handle that? I mean... Probably not well, right? And, and Buddy Hill is at a point now where he wants to be competitive and compete. I think the Pacers have to keep all their options open and really look big picture here, especially if you're a fan. Look bigger picture here and say, look, it's been a fun, fun season. The team is playing great. They could make the playoffs, whatever. But at the same time, playoffs or not, bigger picture is who's going to be a part of this team in five years of Tyrese Halliburton. Right now, the only lock that you would probably say is Benedict Matherin. And I don't want to stunt the growth of that chemistry any longer by keeping a guy that's just turned 30, right, on this team that we know has his limitations. And I think as great of a shooter as he is, Fachi, the upside with Benedict Matherin is light years more than what you're going to get ever with with Buddy Heald. So it's not a knock on Buddy. It's just understanding that Buddy Heald was not 
traded to Indiana to be a long-term starter. He was traded to be a salary filler to get Halliburton here, bottom line. Pacers liked his ability to shoot the three. Carlisle wanted to play a different style, and it's worked out great. He's been awesome here, and I wouldn't be mad if they kept him and if he would accept a bench role. I just have a little bit of, of worry that he would accept that role, even though I would be a fan of it because I uh, I think Buddy is great for this locker room. I just don't want him to get in the way of Benedict Mather. And I'm with you, and I, I think everybody else is. Look, we're having a lot of fun watching Buddy have fun. I mean, even when Halliburton had that awesome game, Buddy's the first guy running over to Halliburton, uh, you know, pouring water over his head after the Miami Heat uh, win, saying this guy's an all-star. He's always smiling, and it's just like, it's awesome to see. I mean, it's contagious. And also another point, talking about the chemistry, about a week ago, I read that the most assists from one player to another one was Tyrese Halliburton to Buddy Heald. That was over a week ago. So the the most connected duo on basses, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to put it. Um, so that's real over there. But there is always a bigger picture. And you don't draft a guy like Benedict Matherin at number six who has produced the way he's produced to always be taking a back seat to a guy, no offense, like Buddy Heald, who's already 30 years old and, you know, been around in the NBA for a bit, that, look, if, if the Pacers ride it out, they keep Buddy for this year, cool, awesome. But that still doesn't change the fact that next year he'll be on an expiring deal and arguably, potentially, even more valuable to other teams. So there, there's a real situation on your hands of the Pacers are going to be torn. Do you, do you make the move this year? Do you make the move in the offseason? Do you make it next year at the deadline? Whatever it is, I don't see Buddy signing another contract, you know, uh, with the Pacers, signing a contract with the Pacers to stay uh, and stay in that same role. And if he's going to come off the bench, I think he'd be more willing to do it for a contender, this is a guy that's never made the playoffs before. He's been open about how bad he wants to make the playoffs. But if he gets traded to a, a bunch of teams, probably the Lakers or anything, he might be coming off the bench. I know uh, a guy like Lonnie Walker might not be, you know, uh, the end-all, be-all in the starting lineup. But there's other roles that Buddy would have to be more willing to take on a contender that I think he would. But for the Pacers right now, it, the fit in the starting lineup has been good with Buddy. He's been awesome. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't want to trade Buddy Hill. Even even people that like the team that are, you know, close with the team don't want to get rid of Buddy Hill because Buddy Hill is such a fantastic person. And I think he means a lot to this team. But I think you also have to look at it this way. You got to strike while the iron's hot, Fachi. And it's pretty this hot man, right now. This man's playing great, probably some of the best basketball of his career. I think so. And I, I think you're you're realizing, okay, if we utilize Buddy a certain way, this is how he can be super impactful for us. And we know shooting is something that the league craves. Every team craves shooting. And if you get him on the right team, because if you hear a lot of things that teams need to improve upon as they get close to the trade deadline, you always hear shooting, right? Always. Oh, they need a guy that can shoot the ball, put the ball in the hoop. I think there's a ton of places out there that could have interest in Buddy Heald. And like you said, with having an extra year on his contract, it will make his value probably higher than people expect. I came into the season thinking that his his you know his value was probably less than a first round pick. I did not think you were going to be able to get a a solid first round pick. I thought maybe like a 25 to 30 for him just because that's how people value him, but I think overall looking at it from this season compared to the off season, 
you're probably able to get a lottery protected first round pick. And it might even be one that falls in the 16 to 18 range if you're lucky. So I think you have to be very smart about this. Don't force a trade just to force one. I'm not saying that, but if the right deal comes or if there's something that's semi enticing out there, look long and hard about it because Benedict Matherin is your future. Tyrese Halliburton with Benedict Matherin is a bigger part of your future. Get those two together on the court as much as possible and don't fall in love with the short-term success of a team that does not have championship aspirations because they're not built right now to win a championship. They're not. And I just, to your point over there, I'm not looking for another Boston Celtics like first round pick where we're picking like 28th in the draft. Late twenties pick. I think we could get a top 20 pick for buddy. But also, now the Pacers are in a, a weird territory where it's like, we've talked about it. How many first-round picks is too many first-round picks? Right. Because if the Pacers go into this draft with four first-round picks on paper, it sounds great. But then you're still wondering, now, where are these four guys going to play? Because the Pacers do have some needs, but we're already loaded at, at, at the guard spot, you know, point guard, shooting guard. So I, I think that, you know, you might want to get a little bit crafty. Of, is it a first-round pick next year that's unprotected? Uh, like like after this draft and a, and a young player. You know, Do they start to look at something like that? Or do the Pacers go in saying, hey, we plan on stockpiling picks to make a big move this offseason? That is something we will not know the answer of until the offseason. But I love the flexibility that this team has right now, that they don't have to trade Turner and Buddy Right now, they could trade one of them. Maybe they extend Turner, and then they they, they they keep Buddy for this year, and they evaluate and lost it. Who knows? But they have so many options that it's a spot that many teams would kill to be in instead of what the Lakers are in, where you got your back against the wall. LeBron's aging. Like, I'm not going to say <laughs> fine wine, but he's aging right over here. And while he's playing good, now you're looking at the last two picks that you caught that you could trade, saying, are we going to jeopardize our future just to get a spot in the playoffs? Not even win at all, but just a spot. So I love the spot that we're in right now. I'm just going to sit back and wait for this to unfold. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, we can talk at Nazem about what's what's great, what's not. I will say this. The only benefit, Faji, to having all these picks in the first round there's going to be teams that don't have picks that might be willing to trade you something. And if you have the cap space, you could take a player back for the pick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at what the, the Sixers did with Shake Milton. Okay. That has been an awesome player for them. Well, yeah. Tyrese Maxey was out. He played fantastic. Tyrese Maxey is supposed to be re- returning soon. I don't know if it's like the next game the Sixers play, but like Melton has been like one of the best offseason pickups because of what he's meant to that Sixers team. Okay. And that's kind of what the Pacers can look at. Okay, what other players could be out there with one of our picks because a team wants to get back into the into the first round of the draft that doesn't have a pick? Like, let's say the Lakers call and say they offered us something for one of the picks that we got from, like, the Cavs or somebody like that. And they're like, we'll give you – I'm just going to throw it out there because it's, it's stupid, but Austin Reeves, right? We'll give you that to get into the draft again because we need some picks or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Not saying that's a real trade idea, but just throwing it out there. That, to me, is something that you have to keep an eye on because if there's legitimately talented players that you want on your roster that teams might not be wanting to keep and they might want to get back and get somebody on a rookie contract, that's where you kind of have to look at that. So 
I'm a I'm not opposed to adding more first round picks because you can never have too many. But I obviously you can't draft them all. But I think you can use those as assets, consolidate them, trade them, whatever you got to do to make your roster better. And even if you maybe traded two of them and got a first in the future, something like that, that would be interesting to me as well. It, it really would. I mean, this this is how you build something sustainable by waiting for that potential deal to go all in at. You know, not just a hey, are we gonna if we trade this one first round pick? I mean, are we gonna be able to recover from it? No, the Pacers now have multiple picks there could be more picks coming in they have the cap space over there they have the young talent i mean we have young talent that other teams want i'm not talking about a benedict mather and there's there's a guy like isaiah jackson the last couple games hasn't even been playing that i do i think in other situations could be a player that flourishes there's chris duarte that we know other teams wanted in the in the lottery in the past that that couldn't get him that you know he's on our team we we feel we need to get more out of him so The Pacers are in a spot where they have so many assets when some teams have none that we we just got to be patient over here. We don't have to make the wrong deal. We don't have to trade a player just just to make a trade. We can sit back and wait for the best offer for that player. And a lot of guys right now coming into the year, you know, Turner and Buddy, their value was not as high as it is right now. I mean, think Mm -hmm. about it. Turner was hurt. Buddy, you know, Buddy put together a good, you know, 20 plus games with the Pacers last year. But now we're seeing over the sample size, this is a guy shooting 40% from three, playing winning basketball, which he had not done in the past. So it's one thing to see him put up 20 points per game on a team that's picking top five in in the draft or anything like that. It's another thing to see him putting up near 18 on 40% three-point shooting on a team that's above 500, surprising a lot of people. There's a lot of people that have taken notice to that. And I think the Pacers, they're the ones that are going to benefit from it if they choose to make a deal. Completely agree, Fachi. But I think this is enough conversation. We we talked the mess out of all the options there that could happen. But I will say this. Before you tell people where to find us at, I will say make sure you're doing your due diligence as a Pacers fan and going to vote every single day for your favorite Pacers, specifically Tyrese Halliburton, to get into the NBA All-Star game. On Sunday, I believe it was, they counted for three votes each. Make sure you're voting for who you want to get into the All-Star game. The Pacers are promoting Buddy Miles and Tyrese. I've been voting for Benedict as well, just because I am a homer, and I love Benedict Mather. So with that being said, Fachi, let people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast, where you can check out all of our latest content there. No blue and gold last week, but we did upload one of our segments, the top 10 Pacers trade targets. Got a lot of nice feedback on that. Some people gave us some very critical feedback in terms of how to go about doing YouTube and all that stuff. But we just want to say we are a podcast. And so we will not be doing shorter themed videos for the most part, where we just kind of don't give you any context into our conversation and just throw up the list and stuff like that. So we want to keep that as authentic as we can with our podcast content, but make sure you subscribe over there. Really appreciate everybody that watched the video and and commented. We appreciate all the feedback, but with that being said, Fachi, If you are a believer that Tyrese Halliburton can be an NBA All-Star starter, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Pacers!
setting the pace, going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.